I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's happiest podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. This is a show we ask you what's your story and what does it say about you. I'm George Dibrellis and on the show today we have an Australian designer and art director who's worked both here and in New York. Welcome to the show, Mete Erdogan. How are you, Mete? Hey George, I'm all good. How about you? I'm pretty good. You reckon? I reckon? Yeah, you, know, you sound well. Possibly too chipper, I think, for these <laughs> grim times. <laughs> I know, yeah, but, but tone it down a bit. I, I, and I we need to. We need to match the... The general tone of, of the uh, the current times. Exactly. You know what? You're totally right. I'm going to do the, hey, everyone, welcome to Bookish. This is a story where we ask you, what's your story? And what does it say about you? <laughs> Just angry now. I don't know what I'm doing. Exactly. Um, okay. It's too much. It's just too much. It gets softer. I do. <laughs> It's a, does this guy know what sadness is, or is he just going louder or quieter? <laughs> what what I think George emotion know what has he experienced? <laughs> He's only got one, and it's just different volumes. He has a happy and quiet. Yeah, quietly. <laughs> Neutral about is the extent of it. You've got to put on a happy face, right? We do, um, we do. Yes. And yeah, but I, I'm feeling chipper too. Like, I, don't feel, I don't feel too down about about everything uh i'm feeling i'm feeling lucky i'm feeling um you know you can only sort of be so upset about what's what's happening in the world at the moment and and uh you know at at some point you can just go uh i i I can i can decide to be be happy about the things that i have and and the you know what what is going right in in my life at the moment? So I'm just going to focus on those while the world sort of takes care of itself, and uh, hopefully spins back to normal. That's a that's a very positive outlook, actually. I think um, it's weird. I think I'm gonna, yeah. No, that's a, was that a conscious decision? You were like, oh, I'm feeling a bit down. I should actually actively try to bring myself out of that funk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't even it wasn't like a, a snap. You know. I'm I'm happy now, kind of thing. You know, I I was kind of sad and and, and depressed and drained for a, a long, like a while, uh, like everybody else. But I found I reminded myself of the things that <clears throat> make me happy in easier times, and those are always, you know, doing my artwork or seeing my friends, or you know, I do a little bit of like improv comedy on the side. Sorry, I am like I, I'm, I am a little bit white, but just just a just a tiny bit. But yeah, you know, I reminded myself that you know i i enjoy doing those things now i just have to consciously do them rather than have them show up in my day like they used to right. so you have to yeah. kind of manufacture it yeah that's funny i was actually literally talking with uh, my brother about that today as in like right now i think some people are more capable of handling uh the lockdown scenario than other people and for, and which is nothing wrong with not being able to handle it that's pretty normal sure. and, oh yeah uh, and especially for people who like really have a routine that involves the world <laughs> so like when uh-huh. that's taken away from you 
you have to just be more active and it'll, it'll never be the same as it'll be out of lockdown, but you, yeah, you just got to force the, those routines and stuff that will make it better for now. Essentially. Yeah. And except when you have an off day, you know, uh, it doesn't always have to be okay. You know, this is like, this isn't normal, but you know, you, you can be, if you can show up for yourself, you can show up for the people who love you and yeah, do what you can for yourself. And then in turn, the, the people who love you. Yeah, no, that's a, and I think, uh, yeah, being aware of it and then trying to, and that's the other side as well, I think, actively trying to do it. So you can't just like kick back and you're like, okay, I've got to put in systems to yeah. help me during this. Yeah, to it's force true. the issue. Because I feel like this is the first time that, you know, I feel like we, we have in Australia the benefit of kind of separating ourselves from what's happening in the world because we are so, you know, far away. So it, it is I feel like it's easier just to go about our own lives and just have all the the news of the world like sort of come in uh, in drips as like these stories of far away, you know, famine and war. But now, like you know, we've got this this pandemic, this this virus that kind of um, that did come come down here and, and sort of affect us directly. Mm. So it's a, it's just such an uh, it's an interesting thing to to live through. It's just not something that we that we had context for. We didn't grow up with any threat of sort of anything like this happening. And and here we are living through it. Yeah. It's wild. It's hard to even imagine what, uh, what was, what did we think? I still remember when this started. I was like, yeah. Pandemic. <laughs> Come on, you <laughs> paranoid nerds. Stop we don't get pandemics around here. Exactly. <laughs> it's 2020. Please. <laughs> Loser. Ooh, I'm so scared of an invisible virus. Try you know, Spanish. Of- Take it back to the 1920s, mate. Yeah, exactly. Take it out of here, mate. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. It's like, yeah, man, you go back to then, it's like, what do you mean, pandemic? It's 1918. We're way past that, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pasteur's invented the bloody... It's cured everything. I don't even know if that was cured then. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, I think from the sounds of it, everyone was a chimney sweep, like a cockney yeah. chimney sweep. I've seen movies. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was a chimney sweep. Yeah. I, I heard a thing about that, actually, to go to, for some retro uh, pandemic gossip. Because it's always, yes. we've stuck, I'm sick of the current pandemic gossip. Apparently, right, back in the day, back. and I don't know if this is true at all, so I'm going to caveat that, which I wish more people mm-hmm. did with the stuff they weren't sure was true or not. <laughs> um, apparently, the reason it was called the Spanish flu was because Spain was the only one that actually admitted that it was happening. So oh. even though it was actually happening everywhere, the the pandemic that was happened back then, the Spanish were the only people that like acknowledged it because uh, I think because a lot of them like it was a combination of the fact that the other countries at war weren't sure or something. So like mm. the only one that actually publicized it was Spain. So that's why I got that name. So it had nothing to do with like huh. Spain starting it. It was just called so the Spanish like flu because <laughs> yeah, that's an old old case of whoever smelt it dealt it. <laughs> They're like. Uh, you guys uh, see this thing? And they're like, ah, oh, so it was you. Like, I don't know. I didn't do it. Yeah. Like, right, now you did. Yeah, you did. You did in a lab too. <laughs> I bet you did in a lab. Exactly. I love it when things are named after a country that they're not from, like a, a French fries or apparently Danishes aren't Danish. Really? Yeah. They they're... Dan- oh, really? Well, um, uh, what about- Or a, a Bloomin' Onion. <laughs> um, a hamburger. They're not from Hamburg. Hamburg. They are not. No, no. they're from a, some immigrant from Hamburg who was in America. 
Aha. Uh-huh. Good yeah. on them for, for coining hamburger for, like, taking one for the country. Yeah, just keep Hamburg. them alive, alive. That's the immigrant story, which uh, right. kind of ties in well with what we're talking today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> actually, a few of the stuff you mentioned right in the book, I reckon. So, yeah. But let's do the book and we'll go from there because actually I'll, it's it's great when someone picks something which I think really ties in with themselves quite ob- in obvious yeah. ways as well. So your book of today is? The Arrival by Sean Tan. Yes, it, it's a it's a wonderful graphic novel. I, I've, I've listened to your previous episodes. I know you do the little little rundown of it. I'd love to hear what you got? Oh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> this one was very hard to do a rundown on because of the fact that it's silent. So, it's, a, it's yes. just, it's like a silent movie. It doesn't have any words in it. It's purely graphic, which already, I'm not going to lie. This is already on my list. Like I'm, I'm buying this today or maybe tomorrow because already I'm so fascinated by a story it's beautiful. told. Zero words. So, but it is a graphic novel. So, it's not, it's not a picture book, whatever. It's very much a graphic novel, different shapes and size in each panel and is about someone coming to a foreign and it sounds like it doesn't specify the country or where they're from but it is about that foreigner experience in a new place and them trying to make their way in that world is that yeah a fair summary that's yeah that's a beautiful summary that's really nice yeah no i i love i love the book for like a lot of you know we touched on a few of the reasons why before like that the the immigrant story Definitely one that I can I can relate to as you know first gen Turkish Cypriot Australian and my my parents coming here, but then also you know going into any new city and trying to to navigate it. So like me going into New York and and trying to make my way out there for the first few months, and even like coming back to Melbourne after five years and and trying to reinsert myself into you know life life here and how how different it became compared to when I was, when I left as a student. Uh, right. So, it's so loaded. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting you're saying that. I actually hadn't, I wouldn't make that connection usually, even though obviously a modern immigrant, like yeah. even if it is a very close, much closer than obviously the immigration yeah. that we would know of our parents who come here barely, like could your parents speak the language when they came? Uh, no, uh, very brief, like a very small amount. Yeah, so that, that that I always think of immigrants as that, rather yeah. than obviously even just if you go to a different Western place, it is still technically there are similarities in that sense. Obviously, not to the same degree, but yeah, yeah. Um, how long were you? So you were how long were you in New York for five years? I was, yeah. I w- I went in. Oh man, um, two thousand fourteen, I think, and fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, came back. I think end of two thousand. 18 i think that i think that works out um but you know it's since the pandemic time's just been relative yeah it's true. Um, what is time yeah what is it why is it um okay and so you had uh and to, to test with this book connection had you read the book before you went there i had yeah i um I picked it up when I was, funnily enough, traveling through, backpacking through Europe, you know, the obligatory Aussie backpacker Europe trip. Um, Yeah. And I picked it up in a comic book shop in, um, I think it was Berlin. And I, like, when I took it out and I had looked through it, I had no idea who, what it was, who Sean Tan was. So, I I loved it and I I bought it um, and the, the title of my copy is called Ein uh, the the German title of it. And it was only after I bought it and, you know, took it back that I realized that it was an Australian, it was a, by an Australian 
author. Um, yeah, so I read it uh, during yeah uni years, and it inspired me to write my own graphic novel that was also without dialogue about the Frankston train line and the different the different cultures that you encounter uh, as you go along from from Frankston to the city. That's a yeah okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so firstly, I don't speak German, but is that uh, is that the new land, not the arrival, or is that yeah. Yeah, it it literally translates to the new land. Right. So it's it's funny how those those slight variations in a title when it goes to a different country. Yeah. Um, no, it is interesting. So uh, so that just caught your eye in the comic book shop, and you're just like, oh, this looks cool. And so yeah, and that's an interesting way to yeah. come, come to that book. Yeah. Definitely, because you know when you think of comic books, you think of either like you know um, American superhero kind of style or your European. Tintin asterisk asterisk style or your Japanese like um, anime kind of kind of look. So, and and now there's a lot more. There's a people are a lot freer with the the styles when they're free with the artistic styles when doing graphic storytelling. Um, but this was the first time I'd seen anything like it. You know, done in like this really beautiful, almost hyper realistic graphite pencil and all the all the cells in in the book are treated like sepia tone photos so you know they have each um each frame will have you know a, a little bit of like bleed and and aging around the edges to make it look like you know this is all just someone's scrapbook uh from you know the 1920s 30s to just make it feel more like this old story that would be told by an immigrant from you know the, those um that you know that era that we generally associate immigration with you know people on with their big leather suitcases and top hats and packed on boats that are like with billowing smoke like it, it it's mm. really kind of even though it doesn't um speak to a specific era or country all those elements are just so wonderfully put together to tell like this hugely um universal story that you can really apply to you know any any sort of situation of moving to a different country or or leaving or yeah leaving a you know a bad situation yeah oh so that's so it's funny yeah so then you talk about how you felt that connection from both your parents obviously their story but then yourself going to new york as well like that's, that's yeah yeah i mean it's a i mean obviously you know a diff like vastly different the situation you know i mum and dad came to australia to you know avoid war and i went over there to you know discover explore my discover myself and you yeah. know expand oh, my horizons yeah. um so it's a bit you know makes you food more. on the plane over i know <laughs> they did not serve tomato juice on the airplane i was yeah. not pleased i ordered gluten-free <laughs> <laughs> what is this halal which is also delicious Oh yeah, no big tip of anyone traveling ever. Not that we're ever going to do that again. But uh, always no. get, always order a obscured like gluten free or vegetarian or something like that on the planes because it's going to just be a bit more um, distinct. It's going to be a bit, like, yeah. bit, bit more effort bit put better. into it in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, a bit better. So that's a again useless since that's just, done now. You know, keep it <laughs> in your back pocket in case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the so just to go like so with the parents. So I haven't read this book. Does it? I'm mm-hmm. guessing if it's going to do the immigrant story, it's got to do the full thing of like kids as well. 
that is in this story or is it just not going to it that element of it? Oh, no, it touches on it. Um, basically, the the main, the main um, protagonist, he leaves his wife and child behind in the country that he's escaping right. and goes to this new place to basically suss it out and see if it's you know a good place for them to settle and then they join him. And the the daughter, you know, she is sort of a recurring character in terms of his his memories. So it keeps on going back to like why he's doing this and, you know, keep going back to like looking at photos of her and at the end sort of alluding to the next generation. Mm. Uh, which is a really nice little little button on on the story. Yeah. Um, but for I guess for anyone who hasn't read it, I don't want to you know give away too much. No, that, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it's it does sound already fascinating for that style ways. But before I go to that, I just want to go on that just a little bit more because I do find interesting. I think sometimes people think like like this is an immigrant story. It's like ah. Oh, you 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 because you're the son of it. You feel that connection, but like, I don't know about you, but a lot of the times the it's not like I heard that many like the stories and stuff I heard were not that common with my parents growing up. Like as in, it's not mm. like I had this long tail of their. You almost have to pull teeth with my old yeah. parents. They don't tell me nothing. So <laughs> the connections I feel with immigrant stories is almost like always from, which is natural as well. But it's always from my experience seeing them. Like as in, I've almost picked it yeah. up secondary. I feel like so. Is that something you had as well, or? Do you have more active parents yeah. telling you the tales? I mean, uh, dad loves telling his his story. He's sort of your typical well, dad who always wants to sit you down and, and sort of chew your ear off for like two hours and you're like, I've heard this story 18 times. It's it's really, I get it. But, you know, I originally, I, I didn't even think about, you know, my, my background when I was reading the book. I just thought it was a mm. beautiful story. And, you know, you look back at it now and think, it's such an obvious parallel, but I, <laughs> I, I really didn't, uh, I really didn't see it that way. The, you know, a lot of, you know, the, the way that the, you know, war is depicted in that book and how, you know, the, the, you know, the modes of transport and, you know, all these bizarre things, um, they're, they're all done in such a surreal way. Like, instead of like, you know, gunfire and armies. I've got like giants with huge vacuum cleaners, like sucking up all these tiny people in this in this um in this village. Mm. Uh, so I was just I was drawn more to the surrealism of it uh, first, and then really only on picking it up to to talk to you about it did I realize, ah, oh, yeah, this is this is an immigrant story, and it's an even more interesting time. Now to pick it up, especially with what's happening in Afghanistan and and people being displaced and and coming over here and uh, and you know finding you know different you know ways out, it it is like again like it, it should have been obvious when I first looked at it, but it just it, <laughs> it it wasn't. Yeah, but I also think like it's this stuff is it sits there on the sub layer a little bit that you might just feel a little bit more about this than maybe someone else, uh, but also the book could just be awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, true. Because this idea of like, so you want to say immigrant story, but actually even like, as you said yourself, going to New York and experiencing that, it's also that experience of being the other, being on the outside, mm. coming to a new place and being like, yeah, not understanding how it works kind of and feeling a bit alone in that sense. Yeah, And that's yeah. kind of universal, that experience. Like is in, yeah, obviously immigration is the most- extreme version of that that's really obvious for everyone involved but like that feeling of isolation and aloneness people can feel that anywhere i guess so yeah 
you can feel it in your own home like it, it's um it is it, it is so interesting like you can be you're not in the biggest most busy city in the world and you can find your crew of, of friends eventually and even you know i found a like a pocket of australians um that i that i'd hang out with when i was there and uh, among like you know other other people but even you know among them like it, it's that they, they were they were great to be around but it's just so hard when you when you leave a a place where you are so loved by the people around you and going into a new place you at least my experience i somehow expected the the same because i was like oh no this is what it looks like this is what my friends look like so obviously this is what they're going to look like when when i move over here but it's just it's not the case um you know they everyone's caught up doing their own thing no one will love me like my mom (laughs) no one will call me handsome like my mom yeah Uh, exactly oh maybe on some uh, streets in soho (laughs) (laughs) maybe yeah (laughs) i'll take the compliment um but yeah like it's such an interesting experience to be truly uh alone and especially you know going there choosing to be there and choosing to stay even when you're consciously aware that you are alone there. Yeah. And like you said, I guess, because here, well, when you're coming from like where your home is and mm. not just family, obviously, but also the friends there, but like there, you're going to a place where everyone is almost a bit more atomized. Like everyone's a bit more individual looking after their mm-hmm. own interests and stuff. And like, so I guess that is a new experience and it's not the nicest to have forever, but yeah, it is no. just how it is when you get into a new place. But I don't know. Is that, is that a vibe that was there when you went there? Was everyone, did it feel in general like- there's not as thick a community of support just because how could there be? It's not. Yeah, there's definitely a it's 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 like a manufactured community. You you consciously find people with similar interests. Like you you go and find the other designers or you you know you you go and find the other, you know, Australians or other expats from, you know, other parts of the world. But I I think something like a a connection that comes with having, you know, a family that's known you your entire life or your friends who have known you through, you know, the most awkward teenage years of your life. It it just, there's just, I, I don't think there's really any way to replicate that, you know, especially coming from cultures like ours, which, are, you know, have very close families um, and having yeah. grown up in, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming having grown up in one place your your whole life, or at least for me, having you know been in born and raised uh, Melbourne slash Mornington Peninsula, you, yeah, when you you sort of like dropped into this completely new and strange place, alongside like a lot of other people our age who are there for for the same reasons, uh, everyone's just kind of trying to grab onto some kind of community and they eventually like everyone eventually like cobbles one together and it it works for a while but you genuinely have to make a a choice at least i did towards the end of like are these going to be my people into adulthood or am i going to go back to um, australia and you know consciously choose melbourne and my people there and you know have live out you know sort of my life uh in this this community because i definitely felt like as much as i achieved in new york i i didn't realize how how important it was to have 
a community that was so close to me until I left Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it does, does, does give you a perspective, doesn't it? On uh, imagine moving to a different country, like yeah, how hard you would cling to the people who were from that old, like just because that's who you, yeah, yeah, everyone else. Would they be so know who you are. Yeah, it's true, and you're obviously going to present a version of yourself so people like you. But you know, when you're when you've grown up with with people, they know you inside out. Like you can be whoever you want. So mm. there's a, there's a lot less pressure there. Oh, that's true as well. Yeah, didn't think of that. And also, you mentioned growing up because Mornington Peninsula. Um, mm. So you probably had a bit of an outsider perspective there as well. Coming to Melbourne to study because you studied at Monash, right? So you probably had yeah. a bit of that even on an even smaller scale. Yeah, definitely. And you're you know you're in a classroom with all the other you know best designers from their classrooms, and yeah, that was um those are interesting years because i was in a i was in a long-term relationship back then with uh a girl from a from a neighboring school in uh in manaliza so i kind of for those years hung on to hung on to that and didn't i don't think i fully you know did the uni experience as much as i i could have but you know i I don't really regret it. It's, you know, it's brought me here and, you know, I learned, I obviously learned so much uh, in that time, but. Um, wow. High school sweetheart. Definitely. Huh? I know. I know. Um, Are you still with her? Yeah. No. No. Okay. Just to clarify. Before go, that's, what, that's crazy. <laughs> no, yeah. No. I do think it's beautiful if someone does it, if they've, you know, but just the odds are that it's probably going to be a little bit crazy as well. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, at that, it's those are such formative years of your life. But yeah, you know, you, both of you changed so much in that time. I think it's possible. You know, like, as in, if you're both healthy and rash and like reasonable and yeah, really work on it, you can make it work. But yeah, the automatic the reaction is obviously, mate, get some, <laughs> spread your wings. You know, try some new stuff. Exactly. <laughs> what's new? Look, Seriously. each to their own. Mate, what's yeah. new? No, every, it's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah. Dude, same. 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 <laughs> Seen it all. Same. Same. <laughs> what do you so want I've from me? I've learned all my years. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, um, maybe we'll come back to that stuff, but whatever. But uh, the actual other yeah, part now I do want to talk about is uh, the style of this. Because I am yeah. f- super fascinated because I've never had actually someone on a show called Book Issues had a book that had no words. So, I'm, yeah. I'm loving that already. <laughs> so, did you – is your kind of art design visualization stuff, is it that kind of stuff or is it something different and this just appealed to you anyway? Like, is it you structuring stories and stuff, like storyboarding, I guess, or is it more just appreciating – Monet of whatever. <laughs> um, it's it's always it's evolved. I mean, you know, at the time of picking this up, I was really interested in being a you know a graphic novel illustrator and um, becoming you know a sort of a straight down the line illustrator. That's that's what I wanted to do, and and that's probably why I had such a. I was so open to uh, graphic novels at the time, and you know, which led me to to discovering it, but. Since then, it's always it's moved into like, you know, while I was in New York, I I wanted to be do more mural artwork. Um, but the and then now coming back here, I I really love directing, uh, live action and and animation. But the the main string threading through all of that is storytelling. So I I really it's been so interesting, sort of observing myself through all of those kind of interests and, and phases and uh finding that telling the stories linked all of them yeah so is that like 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Just to clarify, so with mural, when you say mural, are you just talking about like a really big one picture? Is that what a mural is, essentially? Or is it like... (laughs) It could be many pictures. Yeah, is that like a mural? Is that like the side of a building or how does it work when you say mural? Yeah, mural, it can be a side of a building. It can be an interior wall. It can be, I mean, I've done like uh, staircases. Um, I I recently did one out in uh, Dallas near Broadmeadows and which was just like a sort of an arabesque tile pattern, but all the, the shapes in the tile... Um, in the tiles were related to the people of Broadmeadows. So like hard yakka boots for the yakka factory up there. The, you know, the, there's like a little side profile cartoon of, of my mum's face in there. There's a little shout out to her. Um, there's like figs in there for all the, the fig trees and then lemon trees that, that people grow up out there. So there's, again, there's like the storytelling element in there. But mm. yeah, I mean, a mural is, any piece of work that can go on a large scale wall, really. Yeah. So that's a, <laughs> I, I guess just because when you're saying storytelling, that seems to stand out to me as the most uh, non storytelling in some ways, yeah. but just very different from the other. It's ones. abstract for sure. Yeah. Like, as in, it's a bit more, uh, yeah. Like, how to guide, I don't know, because, and this, this actually goes back to the book as well, which I'm interested in, is like how to guide people <laughs> to look yeah. at the right stuff. And yeah. to make the right connections. Like that just seems to me like such a potentially difficult thing to do when you don't have any words or nothing. It's very difficult, um, especially when you're, you know, trying to tell like a, a linear story, like, you know, words in a, you know, reading left to right in a paragraph is such a uh, subjective, no, objective way to, you know, form a story. But when you've got, you know, just a series of images, You there's so much you have to do to ensure that it's being read in the order that you want it to and uh, kind of giving yourself a little bit of a sort of you know, ensuring what you're doing uh, to sort of, you know, if if the person isn't reading it the way you want it, that it, it will still make sense. Um, what do you mean? Yeah. 
that you know there are there there are templates you can you can sort of follow like start your start your story from the top left hand corner of the the spread and then work your way down to the right bottom right of the the next page but if there's a page that is just a pure you know a series of images like there's a there's a page in in the arrival there's a spread in the arrival that's just like square tiles all evenly spaced all evenly sized and no matter what order you you look at them even if you read left to right next row left to right or down the column up down the col- next column again it still reads um pretty much the same they kind of look like movie montages so no matter you know what spot you put right. this image in it still reads as oh he went out and asked a bunch of people for a job that day. So it's yeah. all these little images of him, yeah, talking to different people. So it doesn't matter who he spoke to before or after that. Um, so, yeah, it's such an interesting format because unlike a movie or a TV show, there's you can, you can look at all these moments in time in one moment. You know, no one's – you can be guided, but no one's really telling you uh, mm. what happened when. And I think that's a yeah. Like I, I, I did learn an appreciation of this because I read uh, this book called Understanding Comics. Have you heard of that? Is that the Scott something? Scott, th- uh, yes, yeah, Scott McCloud. That's right, Scott yeah. McCloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that <laughs> press you remember it so well as well. But yeah, that's um, fondly. Yeah, that's that, that <laughs> one. That one. That was a, like I. This is one thing I love, and that's actually what I want to talk to you about. A few, that's why I was asking about murals as well. It's learning yeah. to appreciate stuff by learning more about it. <laughs> like I yeah. love that. No, so it much. doesn't take much. Yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> like understanding comics. I was like, oh, I've been reading this on the most basic level essentially because I've just as a vis- as someone who's reads books. Like, as in, I don't mm. the, maybe the visual appreciation is a bit underdeveloped for me, and also I'm probably a bit like like you said, books are sequential. <laughs> I start yeah. here and I go along. So it's like, I know what I'm meant to do here, but with something like a looking at a picture, it's like, how long do I look yeah. at this picture for? <laughs> yeah. What do they want me to do? <laughs> yeah. That's a, <laughs> it's actually exactly. a problem. Which I, that's why I would be like, I'm actually especially interested in like, I'm, I'm going to get this book because I, I, yeah, it's a whole different style of like reading essentially because yeah. Yeah, when are you done looking? <laughs> and exactly. The, and the artwork in this looks beautiful. It's so. gorgeous. But, you know, uh, reading humans read images before they read words. And, you know, that's how we even, that's how we develop as human beings. Like, that's why so many, you know, picture books are generally for children. It's a, it's a pre-reading thing. Uh, and we've, we've grown so good uh, at expressing ourselves with words that, you know, uh, I mean, Images will always be there, but um, they you know, novels are always, you know, written novels are, are always, I think, going to be more popular than graphic novels just because, you know, we've, like, literacy is something that we've sort of just grown to, I think, uh, appreciate more as adults. Mm. Whereas, yeah, I- images, it's, I think it's a lot more of a challenging thing to, to follow because you're you're not being told exactly what uh, what to what to think or what to look at um e- even you know graphic novels with with dialogue uh hold the viewer's hand a little bit but you know this is what i love about 
the arrival is that it's just such a free fall of a story and it's kind of disorienting in part so you kind of experience how disorienting it is for this this character to to visit this new city mm. yeah so i guess like that which is, again it's uh, that's the other thing I, I appreciated from understanding comics is how much of all that stuff is a choice which mm. which is so obvious when you think about it but like obviously i just hadn't like as in the very way every panel's structured and how like it's intentionally confusing or unintentionally confusing. that that can be a choice obviously yeah in good pieces of <laughs> like I'm yeah sure bad exactly do it terribly but anyone who's good will be doing everything as an actual choice so like yeah whether you're meant to fully know what's going on or not that's actually like part of the intention which i don't think i appreciated before I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like watching movies, you know, where people are pretty good at deciphering what's going on on screen, even if it's quite an abstract moment, you know, bad example, but, you know, Anchorman, like they, the first time he, him and uh, his, his partner hook up, they go into this cartoon world and they ride unicorns and, you know, there's these little birds that surround them. We know that's a a metaphor for them hooking up, but, um, you know, we've we've grown so accustomed and we, we've become such good um, viewers that, you know, we can watch that and, and understand the metaphor. Whereas, you know, say, I don't know, 100 years ago when people were starting to watch movies, that probably wouldn't have made any sense. Yeah. Actually, so that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's a – so this ties into actually something else. You So, you've, you've you studied design in yeah. university so that include like does that include like appreciating art or like what like what, what's someone here's artist and they're like okay and then just broad stroke cool. everything into that like <laughs> i can ask you about anything about any art style for the last thousand years across any countries like kind of where i'm starting from <laughs> so yep. you might have to limit my <laughs> giving you too much credit possibly but uh I'll do my best. The less we say, the more intelligent I sound. Yeah, well, too bad. We're going to be uh, <laughs> a bit of time left. So. We'll be here for a while, Sonny. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to <laughs> rule out everything. Um, but like, I guess in terms of design, I bet it does apply to design as well because you're saying how you do storytelling and stuff. Uh, this is like how much of what you show people, exactly like this Anchorman example, <laughs> is because they've learned it. And then they can appreciate it. So, obviously, that would be like what art is in a way, right? Because you got like the realistic stuff, which is everyone knows what that is. But the weirder yeah. you get with it, the more it's like depending on people to know what it is kind of. So, how much does that influence how you do stuff, I guess? Or is that even um, hard to know? Maybe it's too hard to figure out. I mean, all you know, all of the great, you know, weird artwork, all the surreal stuff, there is always going to be some grounding in reality. And then it's going to be you know, exaggerated from there. Like, you know, like look at Dali's melting clocks. Like no one's, I don't think anyone had ever seen a clock melting over a tree branch before, but we know what a tree branch is. We know what a clock is. We know what it looks like when something melts. Um, so they all come from some kind of, some frame of reference that that exists. Um, but, so you guess- know, if you, yeah, go on. No, I was going to say, so in a way, actually, even though maybe they wouldn't, clock as quickly the idea of it should be that anyone can get it even without having the full knowledge of what this stuff is meant to be is that kind of what you're saying or is that yeah because it's always just bending what's normal like that's what makes it surreal it's you know the you know everyone understands the rules of reality everyone understands that you know a clock doesn't behave that way or you know uh that's you know cartoon 
unicorns don't appear when you have sex with somebody and really like it. Um, but not for you. You no. kind of have that frame of reference. <laughs> I obviously haven't lived if it's yeah. that's not the case. You're not for doing you. it right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I get cartoon ducks. I, I, it's oh. just it's been a weird year, man. It's not the same. But I guess uh, <laughs> more appropriate um, for the wet environment. So, but you're saying like you know people who aren't as used to viewing that kind of stuff maybe f- might might feel a bit uh, isolated by those that kind of weirdness. Yeah, but I mean, like, and this is the thing, and I, so it sounds like we're talking specifically about surreal elements now, which is good, I guess. But like, I guess your goal would be that everyone. <laughs> Apart from the people who are like, this is weird and they just don't want to engage with it. But uh-huh. if you, anyone who does feel like actually looking at the thing, they would mm-hmm. be able to take from it something. Is that like, you get what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think so. And yeah, again, like if, if it is the person who, who doesn't normally look at that stuff, um, who was looking at it, like, you know, look for the elements that are familiar to you. Or, you know, if we're talking specifically about, you know, art hanging in a in a gallery. It's normally got a little description there, and it's you have every right not to like it. You know, um, it's it's completely up to you. Mm. Um, yeah, no, not. I think you know, artists will always have their audiences, and you know, sometimes it's going to you know isolate a few people. But you know, you, you even look at something like Peppa Pig. Like that's a weird looking pig, but kids still accept that. That is a pig, and and it's entertaining and it's cute. Uh, I think as we become older, we I feel like become less uh, in touch with that, and we are generally kind of told to only accept what's what's real and what's tangible. So it becomes a lot more difficult to sort of figure out what we're looking at if it's not really resembling reality. Huh. Yeah, that's actually so like as in actually we lose some of that ability to grasp that stuff as we get older. We we stiffen yeah. up. <laughs> Institutionalized learning, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's the killer. All right, we're going somewhere new here. All right, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As in well, cuz yeah, so you're saying even in school it gets drummed out almost like to think more less weird. And yeah. it almost limits how you actually see then cuz you actually can't take in the stuff as easily. Yeah, and you know that's why you get you know the small group of oddballs at school because you know sometimes like not everyone is is built to really understand those the concepts like you know I I was terrible at maths at school and but I you know I love and science and and as wonderful and magical as those things are like I've I've become more fascinated by them in later years back. You know, in school, I I loved English and literature and the drama classes and art classes, uh, just because it spoke to that part of my mind that was still alive. Uh, and you know, even today, even if it's like uh, what I do for a living, it's still it, it's still challenging to sort of shake up that part of myself and remind myself, no, no, you've got a crazy brain. You need to keep feeding that. You keep needing to you know do side projects you still need to draw wacky things in, in your in your sketchbook like don't you no know, watch weird movies like keep refreshing I, I feel like it's like a a workout for the weird part of my brain i you know i still need to consume weird stuff go see comedy like go you know see other art see other people's weirdness mm. so again it's funny you mentioned this because at the start you mentioned how like trying to system 
be system- systematic about getting through lockdown with the kind of things you want to see, but it sounds like you also do yeah. that a little bit with your creative side. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Never thought about it that way, but it's um, it's true. And, you know, when it becomes what you do for a living, it's even more difficult because you do have to streamline what you do so other people understand it and, you know, want to buy it uh, and, and see value in it. But it's, yeah, definitely when you try to commodify your your weirdness, you, you, you do need to sort of gather all this stuff up and go, okay, how is this going to make sense to other people and, and not, not intimidate them so much and, and make them, you know, want to make them want want more of this like mm. how how can i tell how can i tell their story with my weirdness yeah 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 okay you make it sound a bit like peddling drugs at that point but <laughs> 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 like, how can i express i'm gonna make a living man understand? yeah yeah fair enough it's a it's a good way to make a living yeah so i guess uh, on that point though i'm just curious because yeah you're saying that sometimes there's a risk when you commodify what you do as a creative expression of only doing it for that and forgetting the crazy creative part a little bit, uh, which mm-hmm. I can understand. I think sometimes we can all fall into that where it's like, what's this for? Instead of actually yeah. just doing something for the sake of doing it, which I think is yeah. like um, sometimes forgotten. And, and look, don't get me wrong. It should, you should have an element of let's make this sure. understandable to other people. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sure you get that with comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, oh man, everything, everything I do is <laughs> I, have to, I have to put everything through about 18,000 filters because I'm completely insane. Otherwise it makes no sense. Yeah. To How does this work <laughs> so, in a sentence? Yeah. I was like, boop, 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 boop. that's me most <laughs> of the time. This is all heavily edited. Um, <laughs> but on that note though, so you, do you, what is the thing you do to practice that crazy creative part? And is it something you say every morning, I'm going to do this? Or is it something before I'll start the work part? Or is it after I start the work part? Is there anything like that? Or is it just whenever you remember? In I've been, um, I'm not as disciplined as I should be, but in the mornings I've been trying to, uh, well, in lockdown, I got into the habit of like making coffee and then drink it while like scrolling through Instagram and I've been what I've been doing is replacing my phone not turning it on uh, and then bringing my sketchbook out and just tr- like doodling in the in the sketchbook uh, while I drink my coffee with absolutely no intention of a final product just drawing for drawing's sake and yeah doing it at a time where my my brain is kind of like you know re refueling and it's in the sort of a half fugue half awake half asleep state which is you know when you're gonna get some of the the wackiest sort of stuff. Um, so that's that's like one thing I've been doing to sort of remind myself of the weirdness. Uh, another thing I've been I doing like is like of the weirdness. It remind myself of the weirdness. Um, line, improv yeah. was a good one as well. Like before uh, before lockdown, because it is pretty much like sketching, uh, but just live on stage in front of people. Um, and you know, as a I mean, there are obviously people who do it extremely well for a living, um, but yeah, to do it as a in the with the same approach um, as I do, you know, with my sketchbook, which is yeah, I'm I'm coming up here for no other reason than to just play around with ideas and see where they go. That's also and and you know, obviously, no one's paying me to do it. it it's um, maybe I should talk to my manager about that, <laughs> but yeah, like. Doing it, doing creative weird stuff just because is a good way to remind myself of the weirdness. Yeah. 
No, that's. I mean, that's that's. I I agree. I think sometimes it's a good outlet as well. And oh, and you, what you're doing as well, you really do need to keep that practiced all the time. Because um, mm-hmm. the other part about being a des- like with what you've done, art design and, and and doing that side of things. Yeah, I always think it's interesting because like obviously you would. <laughs> I'm always putting it up on a magical pedestal sort of thing, but like <laughs> you would look at the world a bit differently as a, someone who works in the visual arts specifically, just like someone who does words will hear words different. Someone who does music will hear music different. So for you, it's the visual element, which you would. So I guess, does that pop up? Do you, are you like, here's what, do you, are you walking along and you look at something you're like, that looks sick in a way where you think probably most people don't do that? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, yeah, and a lot of the time I'll, like, whip out the camera and take a photo of, like, I, I saw the other day, I think it was a, uh, it was a, just a piece of street art and then on, like, along Ligon Street and somebody with a Sharpie scrawled anti-graffiti on it and the, the word anti-graffiti and then someone else came and, like, struck it out with another another pen. And I was like, that's very meta. Someone tagged a piece of graffiti calling it anti-graffiti and then someone scratched it out thinking that was anti anti-graffiti and i sort of stood and looked at it for a good minute going cool all right that's my art for today i can go go to coles and do my shopping now dick yeah okay that's that's more of a third form of art yeah yeah uh (laughs) but there's you know it's all it's all around you man there's always um if you if you look for it, there's always you know weirdness in terms of you know things that people put up on you know things that people have like hung up on a on a uh, electrical wire to you know someone who dropped a shopping list on the on the footpath. Like it's it's uh, depending on how you look at it, it's all it's all weird. <laughs> it's all- <laughs> True. That's yeah. Well, if you want to put it that way, yes, everything is fucking weird. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It's if you hadn't seen it before, you'd be like, "What the hell is that?" Exactly. Just to have a, a baby's mind once again would be that'd be great. Just yeah. seeing everything for the first time. Oh man, it's hard to imagine that. It's like you hear about a uh, again. Uh, fact check this. I have not, but uh, yeah. apparently when people. Um, when people uh, get those instances where someone's blind and then they see, like they get their vision back, mm. they can't tell what a thing is before touching it. Like, as in, they, they can't translate Whoa. the two. So, like, they'll look at a ball and they don't know that it's a ball until they've actually connected that in their heads. My God. Because, like, visually, that's how different. And you're just like, how is that? Wouldn't you know? But then you're like, no, I'm just saying that because I've grown up with that. But that, yeah, that concept is just mind blowing to me. Like, how could you not? But, just, but that's me. That. But I, then I, I guess that comes back to people who don't don't normally look at surreal art. They're like, why does it look like that? I don't know what that is. And then yeah, they look at it for a bit longer. They're like, oh yeah, I recognize that thing. That's a leg. Okay, why is it attached to a stick? Like, and then you know, taking you know, pulling it apart from there. It is it is interesting that we need a second to digest that stuff. Yeah, it's trying to find some sort of connection between the stuff. Actually, I'm going to show off my one piece of surreal art, bona fides from back in the day. Hieronymus Bosch. I'm to see it. Ah, <laughs> how good's that? <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I don't even know that one. I, I am impressed. You don't know that one? Ah, oh, the triptych? <laughs> I might know it if I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Okay, I might know what if I see it. Yes! It's got all the crazy weird images and stuff of everything. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the guy that had like a huge fear of going to hell. Was that was that the artist? I don't know the story. I just I don't know how to reference it. God. (laughs) Jesus, give him a I'm just collecting data. (laughs) Give me a moment. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. I'm (laughs) gathering data. Uh, Beautiful. Not completely false, but <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so I do, I, that's why I'm trying to learn to appreciate. Because then I, I don't know uh, with art, especially something I've come to very late. I had no 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 hook to it. Like, who made mm. you interested in any of that stuff? Was just you on your own, or were your parents liking it? Or uh, I think mean, I don't know. I was always into cartoons growing up, and there's always such a element of surrealism in that, like watching Rocco's Modern Life or. You know, Ren and Stimpy, and just like looking, doing those really up, super close up uh, images of their teeth and like like hairs and worms sticking out of it. Uh, I think, yeah, that all that all kind of came together, and then sort of when you dig deeper into it, you see its links to you know the artwork that came before it, and it yeah, it kind of just came from came from there, I think. Oh, nice. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah I can see that. <laughs> that's again, yeah, it makes perfect sense that this would be your uh, graphic novel of choice. But anyway, sure. <laughs> that's a very weak way to tie it back. I should do more. Like, so no, we, it, we, it is funny how much it does tie into what you're saying in terms of like both what you do and then the surreal element, which obviously you're very interested in, and then it's got the immigrant story. It's like, yeah, but uh, yeah, I should say now thing. that we're reaching the end. Uh, have you found any new connections between yourself and the arrival leading up to this mm. conversation or during this conversation? Oh, I know. Um, That's no pressure. You can I, say no. no it's <laughs> okay. No, I definitely have. But <laughs> it's, um, you know, I think even though it is in its most extreme sense a story about immigration and escaping hardship i think it's the story of going into any new situation and and diving into the unknown and coming out of it completely fine um i think it's a good lesson in you know being able to let go of your your fears and just try the thing do the thing and see what happens might just be okay yeah nice and i guess that also weirdly enough relates to now like yeah. a new scary thing that everyone's kind of going through, and it's almost like it's probably a, it's. I think it's a great book to read right now. Mm. Like we're all experiencing this odd thing, this big invisible monster that we can't see, and uh, we're just trying to, you know, our lives as we knew it weren't. Uh, uh, no one's life is the same. No. Um, and yeah, I think this is this book is a really great expression of, you know, how how that looks and. And how disorienting it is. It's just, and just, it's an example that you're not, you know, you know, it's not something that you're doing on your own. Everyone's going through it. Yeah. No, and has, has done for years. Nice. Okay. That's a good place to end it. All right. Thank you. I think so. <laughs> um, thank you very much for being on the show, Meta. Can anyone, do you want to give a shout out? Anyone can follow you anywhere, catch you on anything? Yeah, sure. You can follow me on Instagram. Um, my handle is eavesdropper, just underscore eavesdropper. Uh, and my studio's website is either either.com. So either hyphen either.com or either either. Either either is really fine. Um, nice. But yeah, that's, that's me. Okay. Drop me a cool. line. Well, thanks, thanks for having me, man. Me. This is a great idea.
Yeah, no, it was really great to have you on. Thanks for meeting. Uh, so meeting everyone. Thank you very much. And yeah, we'll check you out. All right. See you soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sans Pants Radio, then why not subscribe to SansPantsPlus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you could have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's SansPantsPlus.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.